Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. The second wedding that I performed as a minister was September 16th, 2001, five days after the event that occurred in New York, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, what we now know as 9-11. I remember before the wedding, the parents of the bride came up to me and said, Barb, is there any way that you could go and talk to everybody before the wedding because this is such an emotional time for all of us and we, we want it to be okay to celebrate. And it was really hard during that time, those of you can remember, some of you weren't born yet. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure that you've heard of what happened on that day. So I walked up the aisle before the wedding and I stood in front of everybody and I said, you know, there was a huge tragedy that occurred five days ago. And it's deeply impacted every one of us, not only us in the United States, but all around the world. And many of us have not been able to process everything quite yet. And it will take a little bit of time to go through the processing of what happened. And it was hard to feel grounded. And I said, some of us are, are pretty down. And how do we allow ourselves to feel joy and lightness and love, shower the people you love with love, mm. on this day when the world is so topsy-turvy. And I said, each of us is in a pretty liquid position right now. We have an opportunity to choose right now to be okay taking all of that energy that occurred, the, the, the fear, wh whatever emotion it is that you're having, and take that and put it in a ball for now. And just allow yourself in this moment to set it over to the side for this moment. It's okay, we can come back to it if we want, but allow it to sit there for just this moment. Because right now we have the duty to be here as loving presence for this couple that couldn't wait to get married, and this is the day. And so this is the day then that let's take our focus and shift it to that of love and light and send that beautiful loving energy to this couple. Remember, we can always pick that other up, but right now in this minute, and I said, okay, everybody, take a deep breath. 
And I said, just think of this couple. Think of the love that they have for one another. Think of the love that they have for you for inviting you here to be here on this day, recognizing their love. Imagine that, to hold love, peace, and joy right now in this present moment. So then I finished. I said, so I ask that we focus right now on sending so much love to the couple and allowing ourselves to enjoy this day. This is our job right now. Remove any other thoughts as we step into this place of celebration. And so that's what I'm asking us to do today. And normally I don't bring things into a service, but I can't help but know that there's a lot going on in the world right now. And so it's, it's the same. I've been following things on the news channels, and there are times when they'll say, we've decided to share these photographs or these images or videos because we really want people to know what's going on. And if you don't want to look, you know, we'll, we'll say, you know, don't look now, because what you see, you can't unsee. And I thought that I could look. So I did once. And I can't see what I saw. And so it's the same thing here. You know, we are all in a position as I was in September of 2021, or 2001, to take this bit. And those of us who are highly sensitive, it's very difficult. I, I was thinking about that, planning this talk. It's like, how, how can I even do this when so much is happening? And then I remembered. It's okay, we have our lives to live. So let's allow ourselves today, if that's all right with you, to take this bit, whatever it is you're feeling right now, what's going on in Israel. And I'm sending you know, tons of love and prayer to the Palestinians and the Israels, because it's all of it, not just one or the other, it's all of it, and all of us caught up in it as well. So let's take this opportunity then, put all those emotions in a bubble and take them, move them to the side for right now. We can pick them back up later if we want. Take a deep breath in. And know in this moment that God is moving in through and as each one of us. And so right now, Let's decide to be present in this moment and celebrate our lives, celebrate that we're breathing, celebrate that we're here together in community. It's okay to allow things that we don't have any control over to be set aside. We can always pick them back up. So are you willing to be present in this moment? Yes. yes. Great. So let's take another deep breath in and let it go. And take those words from the song, shower the people you love with love. So let's do that right now and be present right here and right now. Yeah, if you need to, move your arms, your legs, shake your, what did you say it was? Worldview. <laughs> so moving forward then. 
2023 global theme is living out loud. So we're playing with paradox this month, and today specifically we'll be looking at how are we shaking up our worldview. Perfect timing, I would say. So as you may know, paradoxes are statements that are seemingly contradictory or opposed to common sense, and yet perhaps true. The purpose of a paradox is to arrest attention and provoke fresh thought. So Guy Finley said this, it's a paradox of the true spiritual path, but the more conscious we become of what limits us, the more limitless becomes our life. It's a paradox. <laughs> the more conscious we become of what limits us, the more limitless becomes our life. So when I think of a paradox and their reaction to it like that one, I always think of a dog, like if you do a high whistle, what do they do? <laughs> so every time I think of a paradox or hear something like that, I kind of go, huh? I'm sure you, you, you all know what I mean, right? Huh? What? What are you talking about? Why did the ancient philosopher build two spots to park his boat? We'll never know. It's a paradox. <laughs> Where, where's the head? <laughs> if I knew one thing, it's that I know nothing. <laughs> okay. Paradox calls us to be both curious and vulnerable. So in our society, we're often taught that knowing and being in the right is more important than curiosity. We're also taught that we should only show the best parts of ourselves to the world, giving people the social media highlight reel rather than behind the scenes mess that often exists, right? Yet playing with paradoxes offers us the ability to stay open to the many perspectives and to not know and to be vulnerable and uncertain. It's okay to not know. Approaching the unanswerable questions of the universe with playfulness provides us a unique opportunity to simply be without needing to be right or even to know what is right. So today, let's explore paradoxes using three simple tools. Well, three tools. I don't know about simple. <laughs> as paradoxes are a natural part of our life, right? So the first is the playfulness of curiosity. So paradox naturally leads us to a place of curiosity. <laughs> it gives us an opportunity to sit in the, huh? Or in, in the middle and to not need to choose a side or an option and move in that direction. Just allows us to sit. Here's an example. This isn't a groaner like the last one was. <laughs> I say I apologize, but I don't. Sometimes groaners are really good. A linguistics professor says during a lecture that, in English, a double negative forms a positive. But in some languages, a double negative is still a negative. However, in no language in the world can a double positive form a negative. But then a voice from the back of the room piped up, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. 
I could just see the person doing that, you know? I would probably be that person. Uh, have you heard of the pen paradox? It doesn't matter how fast it's moving, it'll still be stationary. So playing with paradoxes then, it's okay to tilt your head whenever you're in that in-between place of yes or no. It's more of a hmm. Albert Einstein said the important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing, and it does. So from this playfulness of curiosity, we move to number two, which is the paradox of vulnerability. And that's some of what I was talking about earlier. So staying open to remaining curious and neutral is a very vulnerable place to be because it's the commitment of staying uncertain. And being uncertain is, is that ugh, place. The challenge of vulnerability it holds is within the paradox. Brene Brown says this in Atlas of the Heart. Vulnerability is the first thing we look for in another person and the last thing we want to show them about ourselves. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> we immediately look for and are drawn to people who are vulnerable and share with us their deepest, messiest parts of themselves. Yet we struggle sometimes to show those for ourselves, feeling that they somehow represent a failure maybe on our own part, which it is not at all. Releasing our own self-judgment and getting curious about the paradoxes that show up in our lives allows us to explore those aspects of ourselves that make us feel most vulnerable. Thomas More in Care of the Soul uh, said this, Care of the soul means not taking sides when there is a conflict at a deep level. It may be necessary to stretch the heart wide enough to embrace contradiction and paradox. Now, in this place of vulnerability, when we sit in this place, it allows us the opportunity to wait for the message if we're open to it. So having fun with paradox is doing the look and then being vulnerable to messages that come in. And what I want to tell you is after 9-11, because I was in that space of vulnerability for a while, I one day had a message and I heard something, it might have been on the news, where the people of New York were saying, please come, come back to the city. We, we depend on you know, having people travel there and, and tourism and all that, please come. And it was like this light bulb went off. So I talked to two of the ministers I was working with, and we all decided to go to New York. Now, our purpose of going to New York was not only to bring money into the economy there, but specifically to go as ministers, to be vulnerable, to go up to people who live there and say, where were you when? And to listen to listen to what they had to say because they needed to get it out. They needed to talk about what was going on in their lives when the towers went down. Where were you? I remember going into, oh, I got goosebumps. I remember going into the subway and talking to a woman behind a counter and I asked her, where were you? And she said, I was right here. 
And I didn't know what was going on for hours. She said, I couldn't leave. I had to stay at my post. But I didn't know what was going on. Their phones weren't working. They did have some walkie-talkies. But she said, I sat here for hours. And I didn't know what was going on. Every person we went into a restaurant, we'd ask our waiter, where were you? And invariably, everyone wanted to let us know where they were. Everyone. And our job as ministers was to be vulnerable, to be open, to listen, to shower the people with love. We knew that that was our job. We went to where the towers had stood, and they were surrounded by barricades and, and uh, walls. And I went up and I was talking to one of the policemen and, uh, about it and how he was doing, because very difficult for them as well. And we had a great, wonderful conversation. And then I went over and I was talking to one of the National Guardsmen that was there. And I said, I asked him, I said, how can we get up there? They had constructed this temporary platform, and it was only for family members of people. And I said, we, we really want to go up and, and pray and put our energy in here. And he said, oh, the person you need to talk to is that officer down there, which is the same officer I talked to and created a bond. Mm -hmm. So I went down to him and I said, we're ministers from Oregon, and we would like to go up and pray with people, pray anyway. And he said, go right ahead. He took us up there. And we stood there overlooking the area. And there were a number of people around, and we just set out, we're going to do a prayer if anybody would like to join us. Every single person joined us in this circle. And we prayed, and we listened, and we prayed, and we listened. And that's the vulnerability piece of this paradox. You know, I want to live my life in joy and peace and grace and love. And stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. And yet, opening up to the vulnerability of the situation then, we knew what was ours to do. And it brought light to the city. It brought light to the people. It brought love to the people. So staying in vulnerability is not the most loving and exciting thing to do in life. And yet, being open to listening to what God's plan is through us then, that's the enlightened part of this spirituality. So when and where do you feel most vulnerable? When living in and through paradoxes in your life, are you willing to stay open and curious of what life is showing you? Are you willing to live in the, huh? So playing with paradox, with curiosity and vulnerability leads to the third part. Zen Buddhist koans. It's K-O-A-N. Now if you aren't familiar with koans, they are typically take the form of a question or a statement of a contradiction or a paradoxical nature presented to a student in order to help the student break free of habitual thinking and to open up to what they call great doubt. It's this thing. It's this thing. Great doubt. I'm sure you've heard this one. Two hands clap and there is a sound. What is the sound of one hand? 
a paradox. Or how about out of nowhere, the mind comes forth? It's not something you could just answer right off the cuff, right? So koans are a meditative practice, which give the ability to open up to the experience of reality rather than trying to understand it. You don't have to understand it. Author Don Dianda explains it this way. He said, the koan serves as a surgical tool used to cut into and then break through the mind of the practitioner, which is all of us. Koans aren't just puzzles that your mind figures out suddenly and proclaims, ah, the answer is three. They wait for you to open enough to allow the space necessary for them to enter into your depths, the inner regions beyond knowing. So it's something that you sit with. It's not something you can answer right away. Contemplate this koan. Two monks are arguing about a flag. One says, the flag is moving. The other, the wind is moving. And a third walks by and says, not the wind, not the flag, the mind is moving. <laughs> Where are the head tilts? <laughs> Cohen's are a great way to play with paradoxes and open up your curiosity and vulnerability while exploring the edges of what we know is possible. From the book of Awakening by Mark Nepo, we were up early, eager to walk the botanical gardens of Montreal, where they have the largest bonsai collection in the world outside of Asia. We strolled through the Chinese temple garden towards it, a lush yet simple retreat from the street that covers acres, a place of renewed originality constructed in the 1600s in China and moved stone by stone to Montreal in 1990. As we approached the massive gate, it was locked. I panicked, ready to demand entry after driving 400 miles from another country to see this. Robert calmly, like an oriental sage himself, treated the situation as if it were a koan, a riddle to be entered until its very assumptions shifted. He began to walk the outer wall of the garden. It seemed insurmountable. I was frustrated. He kept walking slowly along the high wall. Since the garden stretched for acres, I wondered if we would have to walk the entire perimeter. The thought made me cranky. He kept strolling. Suddenly, when we had walked further than was originally in our view, the wall disappeared. It turned out that the garden had no walls save for the facade at its entrance. So we simply walked through the open grass to a path that welcomed us. How many thresholds that seem blocked or barred or locked only seem to be from their initial viewing? How many opportunities for true living are barrier free if we can only remove ourselves and our minds from their traditional points of entry? Isn't that a great story? Yeah. Opening ourselves up to the paradox mindset means that we are willing to play into vulnerability and curiosity and uncertainty. It can be challenging to remain in the space of questioning 
that comes along with living in a life of possibility and potentially rather than knowing the uncertainty. Using Zen Buddhist koans allows us to look at the polarities and the paradoxes in our own life from a different perspective and then to form a third way rather than getting stuck in one viewpoint. There's another way. This provides the ability to stay open at the top as we learn this greater truth that await us when we continue to play with paradoxes. So this week, do some research on cones. You can look on the internet. I actually went down a total rabbit hole. <laughs> it was great. My head kept going like this the whole time. Really loosens up the neck really quite well, actually. So spend next week meditating on and contemplating a koan, one that you find that maybe shines a light in, within you, and just contemplate the unanswerable. What has four legs and quacks? A paradox. I had to, I just had to. <laughs> Repeat after me this. I am curious and vulnerable. I am curious and vulnerable. As I explore paradoxes in my life. I am curious and vulnerable. As I explore paradoxes in my life. Yes, yes. Let's go into prayer. Go ahead and close your eyes or put your eyes down. Oh, divine presence, there is so much love that we each have that we carry around with us each and every moment. This week, remind us to be playful with those things that seem to be paradoxes in our lives so that we are laughing in joy, so our heads are turning to the side constantly as we walk through our day, as we're talking with individuals, instead of having a response, just turn your head to the side. And then divine presence, as you illuminate those areas in our lives where we are playful and joyful, also guide us into our own vulnerability of how we are in our lives how we deal with paradoxes, knowing that there is a divine answer. And as we sit in the space, right in the middle, that your voice will be heard above all other voices. And with Cohen's as well, send us messages that we may move forward in any given moment in peace and grace and love. So I say for everyone today, be curious, be vulnerable, explore Cohen's, and remember I am curious and vulnerable as I explore paradoxes in my life. And together we say, and so it is. Mm. Blessings.
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.